welcome in to Yelling from the Couch. I'm Brent Humphreys. This week I'm joined by my co-host, Gene's Got Picks. Gene, how was your last week? Oh, man. Uh, you know, I think last time I was on, I said um, <laughs> if Dallas didn't beat the Cardinals, I wouldn't be here. Um, turns out the Cardinals showed up to play that game. And, uh, my boys lost, so you know we're trying to. We've been treading water. We're trying to find the positive and everything lately. Any given Sunday, so as we start every show, best of the week, worst of the week. I'll let you go ahead and you start. You start with whichever one you want. It's all yours, yeah. Gene. I'll continue with my worst. It's, I mean, it's the Cowboys. I mean that that game was terrible to watch from. From kickoff to Dak's interception in the game, um, it was a tough watch. Um, I, it, it came down to our defense couldn't um, didn't know how to stop Joshua Dobbs at all. And I know it's not much film on him, um, but you know Joshua Dobbs coming into the NFL wasn't a top prospect, so it was a bit embarrassing seeing uh, Dobbs cook up our defense after everybody was praising our defense, saying they could possibly be the best defense in the NFL. And then uh, the play calling for offense, the play calling was terrible. It looked like uh, a high school football team where we calling the most basic plays for small, small-minded football knowledge guys. Like, it, it just didn't make sense on why we, we didn't even run a screen. You know, like it just didn't make sense on um, the play calling. Definitely, once we got to the red zone, so that that definitely has to be the worst thing I went through last week. Yeah, man. I, tuning into that game, you know, you thought Dallas was a twelve and a half point favorite. You never thought that you know it'd be the other way around in that game with Joshua Dobbs as quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals, and you know, putting up seventeen and twenty one. 189 yards, and Dallas just not, you know, having an answer. And, you know, Diggs was out for the season. You know, they lost him earlier in the week. Didn't think that would be that big of a deal with Micah Parsons. But Arizona kind of had a game plan where they stayed away from Micah Parsons. But, you know, never thought that Arizona would have won that game the way that they did. And they, you know, kind of dominated Dallas for the most part. Yeah. Uh, just any given Sunday, you know, is what they say. You know, these guys are paid to play just the same as Dallas is, and we'll see if Dallas can bounce back next week. Tomorrow, actually. Uh, so I'll go ahead and I'll give my I'll I'll start off positive. Uh, it's also in the NFL realm. The best of the week is my Cincinnati Bengals getting in the win column with a much needed win. Offense still has some room to improve, but there were some bright spots. Joe Mixon had a decent game on the ground. Jamar Chase played like the old Jamar Chase, finally, for the first time this season. Burrow was a bit off with that calf injury, but he still found Chase quite a bit. A win is a win. You had to have to avoid going 0-3 to begin the season. Now, there were some things that needed to be improved on. T. Higgins had two big drops right in his hands. But the Bengals' defense balled out and played great Monday night. 
the Rams couldn't get any run game going. They were in passing situations for most of the game, and that is really where the Bengals got after them with six sacks on Stafford. Great effort all around in a much-needed win for the Bengals this season to avoid going 0-3. That's my best. Yeah, that Bengals team, uh, that Bengals defense, you know, stopped a pretty uh, powerful offense that the Rams is having uh, going pretty early in the season. Even without Cooper Cup, um, they was they was having a lot of success with the receivers that you know nobody even knew their names, you know, prior to them having crazy stats. But um, uh, like you said. When you're able to uh, put teams in situations where they have no choice but to throw the ball and you um, let your pass rushers just get after it, you know, you're going to have games like that where you have six, seven sacks. And um, Joe Burrow, I think uh, with the calf injury, I think the team, uh, I think he showed a lot of, you know, grit. And I think the team can get around that, you know, even though it wasn't the best, we didn't see the best of Joe Burrow yet. I think the team can get around that, seeing that, um, you know, regardless, you know, if a guy's going through a, you know, crazy, I mean, I'm sure a calf injury for a quarterback who has to throw off their foot, you know, throw off the back foot sometimes, throw, you know, in certain situations, I'm sure the calf injury really bothered him during that game. So to see him, you know, grit through it and, um, you know, bring his team and win, you know, I'm sure uh, the boys are pretty ecstatic about that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, hopefully he just keeps getting healthier and healthier as the season goes on. Uh, but you needed him out there Monday. You you couldn't throw Jake Browning out there or whatever the quarterback they just signed to the practice squad. You had to have Burrow push through to get that win. And now, like I said, him and Chase are getting that chemistry together. Hopefully it just keeps getting stronger as well as that calf gets healthier. Uh, Bengals defense also, they held the darling rookie for the Rams, uh, Puka Nakua, to under 100 yards. He had 72 yards, which is kind of misleading because he had a 37-yard reception towards the end of the game. But this guy was over 100 yards first two weeks of the season. Uh, it was like the first rookie had like the most receiving yards or second most receiving yards through the first two weeks. And the Bengals pretty much took him out of the game, which was really good to see. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll get to my um, best. Um, I, I, I want to say something about my Rangers, but we'll, we may get into them later on. Uh, but... I have to talk about this Miami Dolphins team. Uh, they put up 70 points. 70 points on the Denver Broncos, who, if you told me Sean, a Sean Payton-led team would give up 70 points, I would think you're crazy because, you know, prior to him going to Denver, he was looked at as one of the best coaches of this era or, or the past 10 years. He's looked at as one of the best coaches in that era. And um, it is not looking good for the Broncos. Uh, in fact, the one few, the, the the slightest hope that you had about the Broncos was, was their defense. Because even though Russell Wilson may have thrown for 100 yards for the game, the defense would only give up 100 yards, and that would keep them in a lot of the games they had last year. But um, 
something is up <laughs> in uh, Denver for them to, you know, give up 70 points, and and then for players to still uh, for players in their interviews to be like, man, I'm tired of losing. Like something is up. But the the Dolphins got to give a lot of credit to them. Uh, they they put a lot of faith into Tua, and I was a I was a bit. I didn't know if Tua really had all it takes to be a franchise quarterback, but whatever I thought, throw it out the window. This guy has it all. He has moxie. He has the play. He has everything you look for in a quarterback. Um, and the team surrounding him is, is great. I mean, you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. You know, I mean, those are probably two of the fastest receivers in the NFL right now. And then this defense, they gave up 20 points. But if we're being honest, if you see your offense put up 70 points, you think I'm about to go out there and dive head first into a guy this game is over. So uh, that's the best thing I saw last week. Uh, the Dolphins nearly breaking a record on most points scored in an in a NFL game. Yeah, and they could have had that record too, but, you know, 70 points. I mean, it's ridiculous video game numbers right there. Like you said, you didn't think that Tua was going to be the man, you know, didn't know if he had it. I was the same way watching him play in Alabama and coming in for Jalen Hurts and leading him to the championship against Georgia. I was like, okay, this kid might have something. And then he had that nasty injury in college. And he still went top five pick. And I was like, okay, that injury is going to affect him, I think. And I think that he's going to be a bust. But like you said, whatever I thought about it, throw it out the window. It's over with. This guy's the real deal. So much speed on that Dolphins team. I have never seen so many shovel passes go for touchdowns in that game like I did Sunday. It was ridiculous. Like three, like at least three of shovel passes went for touchdowns. Uh, all the speed on that team, Tyreek Hill, uh, Mostert, uh, I can't even pronounce the uh, other running back's name that had two or three yards. Achenay. Yeah, Achenay. And then Jalen Waddle didn't even play Sunday. So that was 70 points without one of the best receivers in the NFL, one of the fastest receivers in the NFL. Impressive, crazy stats right there. Like I said, it's video game numbers. Denver, you know, Sean Payton talked all that crap about last year's head coach. He certainly <laughs> – he did not give up 70 points last year as a head coach. You know, so it's bad bad stuff going out there in Denver right now, and Miami has got it rolling. And they'll, yeah. have, a, they'll have a tough game tomorrow with Buffalo. I'll be interested to see how that one turns out. They're like you were saying uh, with shovel passes, like they're playing backyard football. Like they was completely just in their own zone. Like they they didn't care what what kind of front the defense had, what they was what coverage they was throwing out there. They was simply doing their everybody was doing their job, and it was literally working like magic. It, it just didn't make sense. Uh, but like you also said, um, they play the Bills, and uh, the Bills ain't the Broncos, so we will see. That's a game right there that I will definitely be uh, kicking my feet up, you know, and uh, and watching that one for sure. Oh, absolutely. Uh, can't wait to see that one. Uh, so I'll go on now with 
my worst of the week. And it's kind of changed a little bit since last night, but it's got to be the Cincinnati Reds this week. Um, they just Tuesday, Wednesday night, they had the Guardians. Uh, it was four to three. Novelli Marte hits a double down the line. They throw him out at second base. And that they look back at the replay, and clearly it shows his hand is on the base before the guy tags him on the chest. They check it out on replay, and the call stands. Game over. Reds end up losing that game. The dugout looks dejected like the season is over. And they put themselves in this position. They end up winning last night 19-2 to over the Cardinals. Uh, the Diamondbacks lost two. Reds would have to win the next two. Diamondbacks have to lose the next two. So I guess there's still a glimmer of hope there. But they just shot themselves in the foot with that. And then the way they lost to the Pirates last Saturday, being up nine to nothing, and the Pirates coming back and winning that game 13 to 12. I mean, it's just you're shooting yourself in the foot being up that much at home on the Pirates. You've got to close it out. I mean, there's no excuse to lose a nine nothing lead. And they did it. And I think the season is over for the Reds. Like I said, there's still a little glimmer of hope, but I think it's over with. And that's my worst thing I saw for the week. Yeah, I was. Um, I didn't. I don't think I watched the game where it was four three uh, with the guards. I watched the game where it was the uh, it was Hunter Green out there, and yeah. um, you know I was I was like let me you know let me because I'm a fan of Hunter Green so like let me sit down. I haven't really had a chance to watch him all year uh, due to, like, injuries and just, you know, maybe sometimes my Rangers are playing and I just can't uh, watch both games. But I watched this game where he was playing uh, against the Guardians, and um, that was a home run derby. That was, that was basically what I was watching, a home run derby. Um, neither pitcher wants to keep the ball in the ballpark. Um but that's what I've been saying this whole season. The Reds are exciting baseball, to say the least. If you if you want to watch, if I tell somebody who's never watched baseball, and I want to you know get them you know to become a fan, I would tell them to watch the Cincinnati Reds game because <laughs> there's always fireworks in the game, whether it's for the Reds or against the Reds. It's always fireworks, and like you said last night, nineteen to two, like oh. <laughs> It took some frustration out about about maybe a few of those games that they had lost. It took a lot of frustration out. So um, I'm definitely looking forward to the Reds uh, next season. I think I think whoever I don't know the general manager name, but I think whoever is running the team knows that this team needs pitching. And um, you know, yeah, you could maybe bring in a veteran bat, you know, to help out. Because uh, you probably won't have Votto next year. But, um, you know, I, everybody knows that the Reds need pitching. I would hope that the front office bring in at least just one guy. It don't necessarily have to be a big-time ace. Just bring in somebody that you know can give you innings and won't put you out of the game uh, like a few of the guys that you're bringing up from Double A. You know, just bring in somebody that can – you know, give you five, six innings sometime a game, and you can then bring in your bullpen. 
Yeah, the Votto, I think the Votto era is, it will be over after tomorrow. Uh, they pretty much bid him farewell last Sunday. Uh, but you also mentioned uh, every time – it was funny, like last week on the pod, you said the Reds are exciting because it's fireworks. You don't know what you're going to get. And then they went out that night, got up nine to nothing, <laughs> and ended up losing that game 13 to 12. And it's like – just when you think you've seen it all in these games, the Reds this season show you something you've never seen before, whether you want to see it or not. It happens. Nine zero is it? That would be a tough watch to see that lead creep down lower and lower as it, as the game goes. Yeah, it definitely was. So speaking of baseball, we'll stick with baseball right now while we're here. Your Texas Rangers, they have a one-game lead in the AL West with two games to go over Houston, two-game lead over Seattle. Last night, they fell to Seattle 8 to nothing, and the day uh, before, they lost two in a row to Seattle. What's going on in Texas, man? Man, uh, it seemed like Seattle went their get-back because we swept them at our home. Um, I don't understand when you know Chapman is not maybe the best closer anymore. And I know Jose LeClerc isn't the – really our whole bullpen is not good, just to keep it simple. So it's kind of hard to figure out who we really throw out for that, you know, ninth inning. But um, to see Chapman give up two singles, then he walked the last guy, and then Bruce Bochy come on the mound, and, and Chapman is just la- uh, laughing uh, when he's when he's uh, you know leaving. It's like you know it, you you don't know what the tensions of laughing like. Is it that you don't care, or is it that you feel embarrassed or whatever? But you know, I just know as a fan, I don't want to see him be our closer anymore. Because uh, I, I mean, that's just embarrassing. We had a two-one lead. Heading to the ninth, bottom of the ninth inning, and uh, J.P. Crawford, you know, becomes the hero tonight and keep uh, Seattle season alive. Um, you know, it, it's just not looking good right now. And then we have to see their ace today, and uh, I don't even know if we announced who we're th- throwing out there. Uh, you know, it, it's not looking great. It's not looking great. The bats. Look to be dead at the worst possible time. Um, you know, it's you're hoping to now at least just get the wild card because I I don't know how the scenarios can break down with if Houston went out and, and Seattle went out. I'm I'm sure we're probably done, which that would be worst uh, case scenario. Uh, we literally just need one win, but. The pitching has been so bad. Evaldi, I mean, I, if you told me before All-Star break that Evaldi would get shelled, you know, give up seven runs, I would think you're crazy because he he didn't show any resemblance of that um, before the All-Star break. But now, you know, after he had dealt with an injury that they kind of kept, um, kind of didn't really talk about to the media about after – that injury he had, he hasn't uh, came back and been that same ace, basically. He's been our ace for basically the whole season. Um, he hasn't shown 
that he's that guy. Now we have Jordan Montgomery, who we're basically relying on, and he wasn't even on this team uh, 50, 60 games into the season. So, you know, we're we're uh, we're praying right now, to say the least. Yeah, big matchup tonight on Fox uh, with the Rangers. Uh, it's showing that they've got Andrew Haney. Uh, start against Luis Castillo, which former Red Luis Castillo traded there. Uh, Reds end up getting Noel Marte out of that deal, but he is still Luis Castillo is one of the better pitchers in the league. Going to be a tough matchup, but like you said, Texas just needs to win one of these next two at least to get in the playoffs, whether yeah. it be the wild card or the West. Hopefully, they'll get that done. We'll see. <laughs> It'll be interesting for sure. Yeah, you said he was is uh, going to be pitching. He pitched one inning in that um, game that they uh, gave up the lead late against uh, Seattle. So that just shows how thin our starting pitching rotation is getting because yeah. uh, Ochi knows not to throw Martin Perez out there again. The guy has not he, – he's, he's been uh, pretty bad the whole season. From beginning to end, it's been bad for him. So uh, there's our kind of little baseball segment there of the week. Let's go back to the NFL real quick. And I want to hit on another team that's been pretty embarrassing this season that people were kind of high on coming into the season with Justin Fields as the quarterback. The Chicago Bears fall to the Kansas City Chiefs 41-10. to mm. And an embarrassing effort there for the Bears – but the big story out of that game is Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift being up in the booth watching the game. Now, I don't know about you, Gene, but I could not care less that Taylor Swift was at this game. But that's all anybody wants to talk about. Now, the Swifties will probably come out, you know, and get all crazy. But, yeah, I could not care less about that. What do you think about it, Gene? Oh man, as a Taylor Swift uh, number one fan, um, <laughs> you know this this is great news. I was always looking forward to uh, Taylor Swift being at an NFL game. Um, uh, to be serious, um, like I said, I could care less. Yeah, I could care less if uh, Taylor Swift is at a football game. It, I'll be honest though, it is good for the game. If you're looking at it as a whole, you know, young girls are getting into the game now because Taylor Swift is dating Kelsey. It's the whole, you know, pop culture thing, you know. But uh, we know how this is going to end. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't even think the relationship lasts till the Super Bowl. And then Taylor Swift will have her new top single or her new yeah. album where she's oh, dissing yeah. Travis Kelsey. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, you can see this from a mile away. Oh, yeah. He's the most loved man in America right now because of the Swifties. But like you said, when the inevitable happens, which it's going to happen, she's going to have a number one album about Kelsey, and then he's going to be the most hated man in America <laughs> because of the Swifties. It's crazy when you look at the the headlines of the games, and it's like, yeah, Patrick Mahomes throws for three touchdown passes as Taylor Swift celebrates the Chiefs route of the Bears. <laughs> it's like, what does that have anything to do with the NFL? <laughs> But it's getting eyeballs on it. Like you said, it's good. Like a lot of like ladies are like curious about 
what the game is. Uh, what what are we doing here? Can you explain how this game is? You know, so it gets more eyeballs in there. That's good, but as for me personally, I I don't care. Taylor Swift's watching a football game. Yeah, they're kind of milking it too much. Like, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, she's just there watching the game for her boyfriend. You know, so what? Who? You know, what? What? What are we supposed to do? You know, jump up and say hooray? Like, you know, she's just there watching a the football game, and uh, you know, it was a great game to go watch if you're going to support uh Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs, um, yeah. because that Bears team stinks. <laughs> yeah. And and this game coming up for the Bears tomorrow, they play Denver. <laughs> Is that going to be like one of the worst games of the season, or the least watched game? <laughs> oh, Probably going to be the least watched game of the season for sure. It's got to be. They they should put that game on, you know, at six in the morning or something, because nobody's going to care anyway. You know, it won't matter. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was saying, just don't even televise it. Don't even put it on TV. Yeah, it would be the same results either way, I'm sure. Uh, so uh, we'll switch back in now. We'll go to a little college football from last week. And we, you were kind of concerned last week on the show that Baylor may give Texas a game. That definitely yeah. did not happen. Texas <laughs> no, down Baylor. How about it, Gene? Yeah, those Texas boys, I don't know. They must have heard. They must have tuned into the show. And uh, <laughs> so let's prove him wrong. And, um, you know, now, we're, I mean, we, we're down to this week, uh, Kansas ain't Baylor. You know, so they got a ranking next to their name. And I'm sure those boys, and they're undefeated. And I'm sure those boys, uh, you know, want to keep it that way. So, uh you know, it's going to be an interesting week. Texas has been playing, honestly, a lot better than I expected. I, you know, Steve Sarkeesian, you know, he, you know, has the whole Alabama he, coaching tree under Nick Saban. And, you know, you hear that all the time with guys that leave uh, Nick Saban uh, coaching staff, and they always work out. But uh, Steve has literally turned this uh, school around because – you know, we for a while Texas wasn't even bringing top top recruits. We was having to deal with not necessarily deal with, but we was having to bring in three star guys and have to build them up through our program for a while. And now you you know have the hype of Arch Manning coming to your school, so now you're getting all these five star receivers that want to play with the big name because you know the the eyes will be on you. You know he's he's honestly turned the program around and. Uh, it's exciting football to watch, uh, and and definitely if they're gonna you know play a full four quarter game where they don't sleep the first three quarters and then show up for the fourth, you know we we may make some noise. Uh, I don't want to say that we'll necessarily uh, you know make a run for the college playoffs yet, but it's looking like it's in our it's looking like it's in our vision now. Truly looking like it's in our vision. Just an absolute beatdown last week of Baylor. Kansas comes in this week undefeated and ranked. The first time these two teams have been ranked in a matchup ever. Texas is a 16-point favorite. Should be a good match to watch. 
uh, I think Texas will take the win in this one. But like you said, Kansas is not Baylor. Kansas is not the Kansas of old. Their coach is, is a heck of a coach. It'll be interesting to see how this matchup goes, but I think Texas will end up winning it for sure. Yeah, I don't know if they cover that 16-point spread. I don't usually uh, bet my favorite teams unless I really, really feel confident about it. But yeah. um, I, I, I'm interested to see how Texas react to a like a um, dual-threat quarterback because that's usually our Achilles heel. We usually struggle against guys who can throw on the run or just simply run, you know, the ball once they get out the pocket. So it's going to be definitely a game that I'm, I'm my eyes are going to be glued to TV. Yeah, I can't wait to check that out, 3.30 today on ABC. The Kentucky Wildcats football team last Saturday. Oh, let's go. Had a big start against Vanderbilt. 24 to nothing jumped on them. Offense was looking great. I was talking about how slow they get off on their, you know, and the, and the offense hadn't been looking real well. They picked it up last week. Second and third quarter kind of, eh, but they ended up beating Vanderbilt 45-28, covering the spread. This Saturday, yeah. the Florida Gators roll into town, the number 22 Florida Gators. Kentucky is just outside of the top 25. Kentucky has won three of the last five against Florida. This matchup, I cannot wait to watch. Cannot wait to see if Kentucky can knock off Florida once again. These two teams are kind of similar to me in the way that, you know, they're pretty evenly matched. Curious to see how Kentucky's going to face this Florida team and see if they can defeat them. Yeah, this is uh this is a game where I don't I don't know the total, but I think it's going under. I think it comes down to the the big boys up front, who is gonna punch who in the mouth and say we're we're gonna do a, we're gonna we're gonna oppose our will during this game. Um and something tells me that Kentucky has everything it takes to do that because if you look at this Florida offense, uh, you know they're 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 not anything crazy. The quarterback is nothing crazy. You know he wore he's wearing 15 like he's Tim Tebow, but he's far from. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know the Kentucky offense to me between the two, I think the Kentucky offense is better um, when they're clicking on all cylinders. And I think the big boys up front for Kentucky O line can give a better push than what Florida has going for them on offense. So I'm definitely rooting for Kentucky in this game. Uh, this is probably, to me, outside of maybe the Notre Dame and Duke game or LSU versus Ole Miss, this is for sure one of the top five games of today that's going on that uh, I would suggest to anybody. If you're, if you're looking for a game, if you don't have anybody to watch for college football, for sure this game. Uh, Kentucky versus Florida is one of the few where uh, you you need to be watching this one. This one is a pretty important game for the season because not only do you play Florida now, and if you beat them, possibly take their ranking, and then you see Georgia next week. I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I'm just saying, if you if you can get some good momentum against Florida, Georgia hasn't you know 
they they've been dealing with injuries themselves. You you can get some you can get something going. You can get something going right now. Yeah, the the over under is forty four and a half. Like you said, I'd probably take the under. I think this is first team to twenty wins, pretty much yeah. in this matchup. <laughs> like you said, neither offense has been that great. Florida's offense definitely is not the best. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm excited. I can't wait for it. Ready to get ready to get this one going. So, since we're talking little over unders and spreads, this past Thursday, sports betting officially became legal in the state of Kentucky. Hey, yeah. Hey, congrats. Yeah, celebration time. So, Gene, if you wouldn't mind, could you educate like educate me like you're educating our audience here about a little sports betting? Tell us a little bit about like what the over-unders are, lines, parlays, uh, money line, all this, if you would. Yeah, I'll give a quick gist on how everything goes. Um, so as far as like spreads, you know, you see, you know, everybody knows as far as football, the important numbers of three, six, um, you know, nine. Uh, you know, sometimes when you see those numbers on a spread, you know, the, the bookies are trying to, you know, Make you decide, hey, do I think this team is going to cover this three? Or sometimes you might see a half a point. They're, they're putting three and a half. And, uh, you know, you, you have to decide, okay, yeah, this team might win by three, but are they going to cover that hook for you? And sometimes you might have to go on the other side, even though you don't think they're going to actually win. Um, as far as money lines go and stuff like that, I usually – as far as football, I usually try to stay in the spreads because you get the better price. But if you know, sometimes the spread might be minus two and a half or minus one and a half. You you might as well just stick with the money line and you know get your get your money away from dealing with you know the the evil backdoor covers that sometimes college football can have. Um, and then with the over unders, uh, like you said with the uh, Kentucky and, and Florida game, the total you said was 44 and a half? Yes. Yeah, that. see, as far as for college, that's a pretty low total. If you told me that in NFL, I, I, I would be all over that for an NFL game because, you know, they, you know, the pro style offense, they run the ball a lot more sometimes. But college, they like to run. You know, those, those boys are out there running. But like you said, still – 44 and a half, I would be on the side of the under. It's really the first 20 in that Kentucky-Florida game. Um, you know, I don't think uh, – like, I still think Kentucky has the better offense. So, if, Kentucky, if anything, don't be mad at me if Kentucky balled out on, on Florida and then pushed over, you know, because uh, <laughs> I still think Kentucky has the better offense between the two. But um, that's exciting to hear uh, sports gambling being legal – uh, finally in Kentucky, I, I wish, you know, Texas can get some of that love. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, just started on Thursday. Uh, one of the first bets that they give you was uh, if you put a minimum of $50 in and there's a touchdown scored in the Lions-Packers game, you double your money. And it's like, well, pff, there's a no-brainer. Uh, yeah. And today they have one for the state of Kentucky that if Kentucky scores a point – uh, you double your money. So if you put 50 in, you get 100. So it's like, all right, this is this is nice right here. We could build up a little bank and yeah. use that and start, you know. 
but uh, it's it's good to see it's in finally and like you said we're not responsible for you taking our gambling advice on this podcast right here <laughs> but uh, i will tell you this uh there's a reason why the uh, bookies in Vegas have uh, glass chandeliers in their house. You know, they they yeah. win a lot. They win a lot, but you got to make sure that you uh, you know you take you know the responsible bets. If you know <laughs> if you know this is your last dollar, don't bet your last dollar on whatever <laughs> game is going on. Yeah, you you got to be responsible in it, and and don't think that you know you can bet every little bet like in game it's like okay settle down okay it's, you know just wait just make your picks do a few I'll, here and there <laughs> i'm sure there's a few guys in kentucky that have probably bet every college game today <laughs> been oh no doubt about it and and parlays you pretty much want to stay away from parlays right yeah you, i mean if you there's certain sports like if you're into mma or like boxing sometimes if they have decent uh, lines, you you know those type of sports you can parlay because a fight can last thirty seconds or it can last yeah. the whole you know whole fight however long the fight is. So those type of sports you can parlay. I don't think there's any issue with those you know par- parlaying those type of sports. But when you get to football, basketball, even hockey. Um, you kind of want to, I'll say, limit it to three games. If you're, if you just love to parlay, limit it to three games max. Don't put, don't parlay five, six games and really expect see the payout and be like, oh man, I hit yeah. this with Rick. Like it's not gonna happen. Like, yeah. I, this is coming from somebody who, when I first started betting, I was that guy. Well, I would parlay six games on the NFL slate. And we're like, you know what? This is the day I'm rich. It's not happening. Uh, you know, it's just, I really say, you know, limit it to two games that you may really like. But, you know, even then, you're pushing it because if it's an underdog, if you're liking somebody who's plus money, I, I didn't get into that. If you're liking a team that's plus money, you're getting, plus, you're getting almost with a double your money. Just bet that single game. You know what I mean? And if, you know, if you really want to bet another game where it's a big favorite, then maybe you can parlay that up with something else instead of, you know, putting them all together, you know? I took a two-game parlay the other night. The first night it was legal. Western Kentucky money line, Tulsa money line. Paid out 31 bucks, And I was like, all right, that's great. Not going to parlay any more than that right there. You know, I may parlay, like you said, it's going to be like two to three games. That's it. Not going to go 10 games crazy and see the big <laughs> payout and be out. But yeah, so it's uh, it's legal, it's live, and football is going to be so much different in Kentucky now because of this. Great. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, uh, let's hope we don't hear about uh, any Kentucky boys betting on the team because I heard uh, Iowa was going through that this offseason. Yeah, definitely, definitely don't want that to happen. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's going to be a big temptation with them. But hopefully, they can just hold off until they get to the NFL, and uh, then you know, hopefully, they're not like Calvin Ridley. But anyways, <laughs> uh, uh, so sticking with the, the college football, getting back to college football. Actually, we kind of went on the gambling thing there uh, last week. 
uh, one of the worst things that happened, <laughs> you probably know where I'm going with this. It is Oregon wow. and the beatdown they put on Coach Prime. I never thought that or- that Colorado would have got just embarrassed like that, but Oregon apparently had something to prove. The coach uh, was, you know, kind of trash talking. And if you put up, you know, you beat a team down like that, you you got every right that you can talk smack. But it's disappointing to see Colorado kind of not really show up last week after the first, you know, couple of weeks of, of, you know, them looking really good. Yeah. Um, I, uh, you know, to, to, you know, I had a bet on Colorado. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I took Colorado plus 20-some points or whatever they gave them. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's just say uh, I was watching the first quarter, maybe got to the second quarter and said, this is enough. I'm not yeah. watching anymore because uh, you, you can just see, you can see what program has been at their best for the longest. Uh, Oregon just they just dominated them from from the line of scrimmage to their secondary you know was on on the uh, receivers like a glove like they they was in their pockets like every nothing worked out for Colorado at all uh, Shador um, even uh, couldn't, I think he was sacked like what seven times that game yeah you know like, it was bad from from the beginning but. Colorado kind of has themselves to blame because they was feeling themselves a little too much. I was seeing um, a pregame video or, or some on the internet where they were stumping on the Oregon O in the middle yeah. of the field. Like, come on, guys, we you haven't won, you haven't won anything, you know. Like, yeah, I try to support Colorado when they're doing their best. But I gotta call them out when they're doing something bad. You don't do that, uh, even if even if it is a rival or whatever. You don't you don't go out your way to go to somebody's house. That's basically going to somebody's house, and they show you, hey, this is my new carpet I got. And you bring your muddy shoes and you just stump over it. It's like, what was the point? What did you get out of it? You know. So they kind of they had that uh, butt whooping coming to them. Uh, and uh, I still have high hopes for them. I still think they can. I thought they was going to get a New Year's Bowl, but you can kiss that goodbye. Because they're going to probably lose to USC today. Just call it what it is. They might cover because they got punched in the mouth so bad last week. But I won't be that betting on it. But no. they might They might can make at least like a, a bowl game, you know, they might make the Alamo Bowl. Now, I think that'll still be a successful season for them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you can kiss the New Year's Bowl and anything past that goodbye. Last week, that offensive line was just complete hot garbage. Awful. Uh, Shadur had no time at all. I think in this offseason with the transfer portal, Dion's going to get him some offensive linemen, definitely, for sure. He's going to get this team. He's going to get this program turned back around. Colorado is going to be okay in the long run. This week, they're like you said. Let's call it like it is. They're going to get beat USC, uh, but he's going to get it turned back around. And like all these other coaches that are like talking smack about Dion, 
Dion hasn't said a word negative to Lee about any of these coaches. Yeah. He's eventually going to keep all these receipts and he's going to come back. Like he's not going to play Oregon again because they're moving to the Big 12. But he's going to get this. He's going to have Colorado as a power in a few years, I believe. But uh, last Saturday's just uh, it was it was a disappointing uh, screeching halt to the beginning of the prime era at uh, Colorado. The- yeah, it was, it was definitely probably one of the most embarrassing. Like I told a lot of people, hey, the place to be. Like a lot of people that I, I know, you know, personally, I was like, hey. This is the place to be. This is easy. Colorado plus twenty. Come on, like you know, this is where we need to be. And man, uh, talk about embarrassing. Uh, that was embarrassing. Yeah, that that number nineteen ranking just kind of went by the wayside after that. the The best game last Saturday was last Saturday night. Notre Dame and Ohio State. Uh-huh. Uh. Notre Dame had that game won, and they leave 10 men on the field, and Ohio State scores from the one, the winning touchdown. How do you let that happen? Man. Who do you blame? <laughs> Who do you blame for that? I think it starts with Marcus Freeman. Uh, he said that he didn't want to take a penalty, but they're at the one-yard line. How much farther are they getting to the goal line? You know, get your guys set. Get your defense set. Apparently, where they scored the touchdown is where the missing man was supposed to be at. And it's like, you've got you, – I mean, if you have to, take a penalty. Who cares? They're moving, what, six inches? It'll be okay. Yeah. You know, get your guys set to win that game. But Ohio State wins it over Notre Dame, and it's just – I don't understand how you have just – 10 guys on the field at that critical part of the game. Yeah. Ohio state was looking bad the whole game. And it was, you kind of could see it as the game was going. It's like somehow Ohio state is going to sneak and, and get by in this game because um, just Notre Dame, like, like you were saying, they 10 players on the field, like simple mistakes where you can avoid, like these are mistakes you can avoid. At a, if the if you're pointing the blame at Marcus Freeman, at that point, I, if I'm the head coach, just run on the field and take a flag. Like, yeah. like just do something. You know, like this is a a mistake that is, you know, that could have been avoided. It, it was zero seconds left, basically, by the time the ball was going to be snapped. Like it didn't matter if he's going to give him a first down or, or yeah. like you said. It, up six inches, like you got to do something to put your players in the best situation to win, and they didn't. Yep. Yeah, and as a defensive, you know, he's a defensive guy himself. He, you know, he has to know you cannot do that at that point in time. But you know, Ohio State squeaks by. I don't think Ohio State looks as good as what their fans think that they are. <laughs> the fans are somewhat <laughs> delusional. Uh, yes. But uh, Kyle McCord, he's he did not. I mean, as far as an Ohio State quarterback, he doesn't really look like one yet. He made one good throw to get him down to the one, but other than that, he had a not so great game. But you know, Ohio State fans, you know, got their chest out right now, and they beat the top ten team on the road. I guess they can talk a little. Did you see? Uh, 
did you see Ryan Day diss Lou, Lou Holtz in the post game presser or like the post game interview? Yeah, yeah. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? And the funny thing, the 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 I don't. He must just see the clip of where Lou Holtz is talking about him, but it was really a Lou Holtz impersonator and Lou Holtz talking. <laughs> like, if you take anything of that conversation serious, you kind of you're out of your mind. Like, it's, it was not a serious situation at all. But uh, if that's what you need to get your boys pumped, uh, you know, by all means, do it. But uh, that was a bit of a stooge moment for Ryan Day. It's like the guy, even if even if Lou Holtz really did, you know, have a problem with you, he's 86. What are you going right. to do? You're going to go to his retirement home and beat him up? Like, come on, man. Like, what are you talking about? And, and they had Lou Holtz at the game that day, and like and, you know, like he said, he's just an old man. You know, he's you know barely getting around, and then like Ryan Day, you know, talking trash about him. And the Buckeye fans, like the whole game, like on Twitter, they're like trashing Ryan Day, and he's this terrible coach. And then at the end, they're like, "Oh, he's you know, he's the best thing we've had here since Urban Meyer, <laughs> you know, whatever." You know, he's, and it's like, okay. Okay, you hated this guy and was ready to kick him out of Columbus three, three hours ago, and now you know you're back on his side. It's just Ohio State fans, man. I don't know about him. <laughs> That's college football for you. Oh That's man, football for uh, So there, so we'll hit a little NBA topic here real quick. Um, this past week, Portland Trailblazers send Damian Lillard to Milwaukee. Where he will team up with Giannis. Oh. Dame time in Milwaukee. What do you think about it, Gene? Man, um I have I just not thought about it now, but I should probably put in a uh, ticket for a Milwaukee Bucks winning championship because I mean you got Giannis who can basically take it all the way down court and dunk on anybody. And then you got Dame to shoot half court three point shots. How can you, how how does this team lose? You know how does this team honestly lose? And then they didn't give up much. Drew Holiday, like you know, Drew Holiday won him a championship. I'm sure he's well respected in the community. He has a great story with his wife and her battle with cancer. So you know, great player. I I don't want to diss him, but. They gave up a bag of peanuts, essentially, for Dan- to get Dame. You know, like they didn't give up anything really to to pick up Damian Lillard, and uh, and they already had their culture of defense. I don't know if it's going to still translate after you know trading a few guys away. I think they also let go Grayson Allen. He's a bit of a pest on defense, but um, pest overall. I think. <laughs> I, I think- I think the Bucks got a pretty good shot to uh, indefinitely being in the East when the Celtics always find a way to melt down late in the season. Or yeah. the Sixers, they don't know how to win a playoff series to save their life. You know, everything sets up pretty well for them on the, on the East side. Um, I wish the West Coast, where my Mavs are at, could get some love like that. But uh, it's going to be a pretty exciting season. I'm excited for the NBA this year. Yeah, he'll get started here in just a few weeks, and uh, 
Jimmy Butler, he was pretty upset uh, saying that the NBA needs to look into tampering for uh, Milwaukee because of this deal because everybody was saying, you know, it was going to be Dame time in Miami, and obviously it's now not going to be. And that just <laughs> swings that power back to the Bucks over in the East, like you said. Uh, go put in a ticket for Milwaukee to, to win the East at, we, at least. At least. Because, I mean, I don't think anybody really – Pose a threat because it was the Celtics are gonna have a good season because they got a great roster. They picked mm-hmm. up Porzingis, so you know they they should get better. But Giannis, I mean his play style is so physical, and he's he's durable. So it's not like he, you know, you're like oh man, Giannis play really hard, but he might sit out sit out for 20 games. He basically played the whole season. And play the same style of basketball. He's bumping shoulders, and he's about to dunk on your center. And uh, you know, Dame is a little bit more finesse. He he's gonna be you know at the perimeter. You know, the the pick and roll for Giannis and Dame. I, I mean, God, it is gonna get ugly. It is gonna get ugly for those uh, those boys in the East. And just think about it, a couple weeks ago, Giannis was actually requesting a trade. I think that that's probably going to get rescinded now uh, with them bringing Dane time to Milwaukee. Uh, my fingers was crossed. I was like, please straight on this. Please straight on this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, Gene, do you got anything else to add? Uh, well... Outside of the football game tonight, I will be watching the Canelo uh, versus Carlo fight. Canelo uh, Carlo from Houston, so you know, by default, I'm gonna be rooting for him, but I know this is an uphill battle. Yeah, uh, I may uh, may put in a little parlay on some uh, MMA tonight. Then <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you coming in here and we doing this again. We'll do it again next week, man. And uh, hopefully all our teams do what they need to do this week and take care of business. Yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, next time we're talking about the uh, Rangers in their World Series run. There we go. We can only hope. All right, man. We'll see you later, man. All right.